Welcome to the Accredited Investor Podcast, which you will learn from the world's leading experts, thought leaders, industry titans, and the who's who in business. This podcast provides diverse, high-level, and timely information for accredited investors and those looking to scale their business to the next level. I'm the host, Jonathan Tuttle, founder at Midwest Park Capital, a boutique mobile home park real estate fund, Revenue Sand, a leading digital consulting and fractional CMO agency, Business Cash Out, a boutique M&A firm focused on service-based businesses, and a part of the founding team at Wowie Pop, a mood-enhancing kava beverage. This episode is sponsored by Prestige, the world's most exclusive social networking app. All links are in the show notes below. Enjoy the show. Please like, comment, and share this podcast with friends. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Richard Wilson here. This is video number seven in our How to Start a Family Office series. This is one of the most exciting topics because listening to the next seven minutes of this video could completely transform and elevate the level of wealth that your entrepreneurial family has. If you're looking to start your family office, this has massively impacted my life and my clients' lives and their returns. So I'm really excited to talk about this. And when we are investing our own balance sheet cash into other investor clubs, into medical practices or Airbnb short-term rental properties, these are the types of strategies that really goose our returns and really compound our returns over time, almost more than anything else. So this is how to double your high quality deal flow. And what this topic is really on is basically, how do you make sure that if you look at your, your best opportunities, you're getting twice as many of those versus what other investors of your same net worth or position would have? Um, so I have a whole number of ways to do this. Number one is to make sure you define what is high quality deal flow for you. It's not any investment. If you made your money, uh, let's say as a dentist or as a lawyer, and you're going to invest back into other law firms or into dental clinics or whatever it may be, then you may define your deal flow as very different than someone who created their wealth in running candy stores, right? And so you need to define what is a high quality deal and what is a low quality deal. It may be as broad as um, any size of an asset. If you made your money in dry running dry cleaner locations and any type of dry cleaner business, you may be interested in investing in. But over time, you may learn, well, I really like dry cleaners based in Texas because you're based in Austin. Or I really like dental clinics based in San Diego because that's where you're based and it's easier to conduct due diligence and add value to them and be on their board, et cetera. And really like ones that are already doing $1 million a year in revenue in whatever business niche you're in. So your criteria is going to be different based on you and your risk preferences and your priorities and how early you like to get involved, of course. But you need to define what those are. A lot of families don't. And they, they come to me and I say, okay, well, what are you looking to invest in? And they say, oh, well, I'm open to all opportunities. No, you're not. Uh, you do not want to invest in a startup mobile app company based in Guam where the founders don't even speak English. I guarantee you, you do not. Uh, so it's a lazy answer to say, oh yeah, we'll look at anything. Like, no, you definitely don't. If you look at anything, then you are wasting your time and the time of everyone else around you. So you really need to focus more um, if you're answering questions in that way when people ask you what you invest in. Um, a couple of things after you've defined your direct investment strategy and what types of deals you can add the most strategic value to, um, a couple of things to keep in mind. One, figure out who are all the brokers in your industry who are hyper-specialized. If you're buying dental clinics, who are the brokers in that niche? If you're buying dry cleaners or investing into them, who are the brokers in that area? Whatever your niche is, they're probably national and regional brokers you can become friends with and touch base with every quarter, ideally face-to-face -face for a 10-minute cup of coffee, or at least over the phone or emails. So they keep you top of mind. 
and you can update them on what deals you've closed, what you've gotten done, and what's in your portfolio. That adds to momentum, and then people will start sending you things more often, and eventually you want them to send you things first before anybody else. You may even go to a broker who normally just gets paid 3% on getting a deal done, and you ask him what his most generous client pays, and he might say 3.5%, or he might say, no, everyone pays me 3%, that's market. You say, okay, well, I want to see every deal first, and you give me 12 hours to respond to you on whether I love the deal or not, and if I take the deal... I'll pay you 3.5% just for buying me 12 hours of time to look at the deal. And I'll give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on whether we're most likely going to take that deal. And if we tell tell you we're most likely to take that deal, then we will close on 70% or more deals we tell you that on, or 60%, whatever number you want to make up. And if we don't commit to doing that and don't follow through, then you can stop doing this with us, obviously, at any time you want to. Uh, so building your broker network that's hyper-specialized, really important. Uh, the second thing is to look for barrels of fish. If you're looking to invest into stem cell therapy clinics, for another random example, then you may find that at four different conferences a year, the asset owners and the CEOs you need to talk to are all at a conference or a member association or a business owners group in that niche. You may find they all read the same magazine, listen to the same podcast, figure out where all of your ideal CEOs of assets you want to invest into or buy congregate. And then make sure you're there and you're speaking at those events, you're sponsoring them, you're at least attending and seeing what that ROI is like. Uh, the other strategy, figure out who are the top five connectors in your industry who would know all of the asset owners. Who are the attorneys of these people, the CPAs, who are the trusted advisors and coaches? Go to them and then they can be a funnel for bringing new leads over time and really uh, five times or 10 times your deal flow in some cases just by figuring out who those top five connectors are and trying to create relationships with all five and maybe just connecting with one or two successfully that you actually generate a great relationship with. Um, next example is to figure out um, how can you run a private equity quality deal origination process. This strategy, I believe, is worth a million dollars if you are an ultra-wealthy family, so make sure you take notes on this. If you are, let's choose another random niche, you acquire, let's say, daycare centers and you want to invest into minority or majority uh, daycare centers, equity-wise, um, and you are wanting to increase your deal flow and you don't want to overpay for assets, uh, which most of my clients do not, um, then what you want to do is say, okay, we're focused on daycare centers in Idaho. You conduct research, you figure out the parameters, only in Idaho, but only in these certain cities, and maybe have been in business for a certain amount of time, at a certain level of reviews on Google that are positive, if that matters to you, whatever your criteria might be. Then you can go to somebody that you hire, uh, maybe on Upwork.com or a research team, um, and you can have them identify what are the 49 different daycare centers that are in those three cities in Idaho that you're interested in. They figure out the names of the centers, who the CEOs are, the CFOs, if that exists in your industry often, um, and then figure out the contact details, the Facebook profile, LinkedIn profile, email, phone number, website URL of that company, et cetera. And you create a database of those, let's say, 49 daycare centers. You then craft a sentence and a half that talks about the exit you had in the daycare center space or the revenues you have in your locations right now. And you write a sentence and a half email that gets the attention of that asset owner saying you'd like to invest, become a board member or a strategic partner, or buy their business, and you craft just a sentence and a half email that really gets their attention. For example, at the time of this video, uh, we have equity in over a dozen medical clinics that are doing over $40 million a year in revenue, and that's something I can use in a sentence to get the attention of investors. We have investments into dozens of Airbnb properties, short-term rental properties, and that can get the attention of our investors. So 
having those types of statements in a sentence and a half that's highly credible saying you want to invest in their business, acquire it, or be a strategic capital partner um, in a very concise way is what's going to get a response. In one example, we reached out to 370 uh, companies we are targeting for a client uh, that had us on retainer to do this. And this is back when we used to charge retainers for setting up family offices for people. Now we do it for free because uh, we find we'll get to know you over time and be able to work together business-wise in several ways. Um, but we had 370 companies we're looking to maybe invest in because they met a certain base criteria in the consumer product space. We then emailed all of them with that one sentence email. We, I got on the phone with 70 of them over nine months, found that eight of them were investable and then closed on three transactions because of that. One of the transactions, I was able to buy 33% of the company, uh, and we were able to triple their revenue over seven months. And it was all because of that process of identifying a universe of assets we can maybe acquire, reducing it down to the ones who respond to the email, get on the phone with them, reduce it down to the ones with decent valuations and good people behind them, and then meeting in person and negotiating the close of those deals. Almost no family is worth less than a billion dollars do what I just said. And it really doesn't cost much money. It's not rocket science. If you have questions about it or want me to walk you through this and other strategies to improve your deal flow, then please let me know. I'm very passionate about this topic. It's really helped our business. It's really helped our clients. And many times when a client's very skeptical, like, oh, what do you guys do? Or what are you here to sell me, et cetera? We break down the walls in one of three ways. One, we say, we don't charge you anything for setting up your family office. We'll add value to you first. You make money off our ideas. Then we can work together and put your money to work into a real estate deal, a medical practice, or a short-term rental fund, et cetera. Um, the other two ways we break down the walls and make a very skeptical wealth creator um, excited about working together, besides saying we don't charge anything up front, um, is that we'll help them design their direct investment strategy. So if they are selling widgets in a consumer product niche, for example, we'll say, well, you could buy more widget companies, but what if we found the number one company on Amazon that distributes products from 100 different widget companies like yours or a widgets.com direct consumer website that sells $4 million a year of widgets of all different types, like the ones you want to invest into. And we help you strategically buy that Amazon company and that widgets.com uh, direct to consumer website. And now every time you buy a widget company, you can negotiate a better valuation because you can tell them, Hey, I'm going to pump your sales through our direct to consumer website channel and our Amazon channel. And I'm going to be able to double your EBITDA within 12 months. So you should give me a sweetheart valuation. We've done this recently with a company in Canada where I should have only got 2.5% of the company and I got five, I got 5% of the company instead. I got half the valuation that other investors paid. On another one, I got a handshake deal done at a coffee shop to invest into a fintech company. Um, by the time that I wired them the money and we put it, the agreement in paper, they had raised more money at five times higher the valuation. So you can get strategic deals done if you can add value to companies you're investing in. And you shouldn't be investing in companies where you can't add strategic value. That means you can't help them play defense and save the company if it's about to go under. You can't help them grow faster. You're just throwing darts otherwise. Let your wealth advisors play defense and get you really diversified. Let your real estate assets diversify you a moderate amount in the strategies and locations you are high conviction in. And then in their operating business area, invest in what you know. Or choose just one or two niches and decide, hey, over the next year or two or three, I'm going to know a lot because I'm only going to look at 50 deals in those niches. And I'm going to go to conferences, read magazines, listen to podcasts, audible books. And I'm going to become a relative expert in these two niches and ignore the rest of the world when it comes to operating business investments. So these are some of the ideas on how to double your deal flow. You find where there's barrels of fish, where the asset owners are aggregated. You find the top five connectors in the space. You find the top five specialized niche brokers in the space. 
you define exactly what's quality deal flow for you, and you run a private equity quality deal origination process. This is what we do for my balance sheet. This is what we do for our clients. It's really exciting. There's not many family offices that do this, but it doesn't matter if you're worth three to $5 million and you're watching this video because one day you think you may need a family office, or if you're already making 500,000 or a million dollars a year, you're worth 10, 20, 50, or several hundred million dollars. Like many of our clients are, this is a really effective strategy that works at all different levels. So uh, I hope you enjoy this video and we will see you on part eight of this, how to start a family office series next. Hey, it's Jonathan. Make sure to download and listen weekly as I bring the top entrepreneurs sharing their best insights and timely information. Finally, I get people asking me to help them one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, I can, but it's very limited. Go to revenueascend.com for fractional CMO and business consulting. For real estate investing, go to midwestparkcapital.com. And those looking to invest or sell their service-based business, go to businesscashout.com. All links are included below. Please like, comment, and share the Accredited Investor Podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening.